Hello there, everyone. My name's Andrew. And I'm Cassie. And this is the Culips English Podcast. Hello, Culips community. Welcome back. Today, we have a simplified speech episode prepared for you. And if you're new to Culips or you're unfamiliar with simplified speech, let me explain what it is. Simply, it is our series which features clear, natural, and easy to understand English conversations about interesting topics. Now, joining me to co host this episode is Cassie. Hello, Cassie. Hey there, everyone, and hey, Andrew. Cassie, welcome back. You just got back from a trip to the USA, right? Yeah, that's right. Now, you're not feeling too jet lagged or anything, are you? I'm feeling good, but the sleep schedule is definitely pretty crazy. I woke up at 4 a.m. today. 4 a.m. today. And Cassie, you told me that you've been running around like a headless chicken, or sometimes we also say like a chicken with its head cut off. You've been running around like a headless chicken to try and do lots of little tasks that you have to do before your big move to Thailand, which is happening in just a few days. Yeah, that's right. Just got back from the US and then off to Thailand in less than a week. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, Cassie, I have to say on behalf of the whole Culips community here, thank you for joining us at such a busy time in your life. But Since we have you here and you are with us, I thought it could be fun to talk about the trip that you just took back home, back to the States. So, why don't we do that in this episode? Sure. I'd love to tell you guys all about it, and I'll do that in just a moment. But before I do, I want to let you know that there is a transcript and study guide available for this episode. Studying with the transcript and the guide is a great way to learn with us. In the study guide, You'll find detailed descriptions and real-world examples of all the key vocabulary that you'll hear Andrew and I use here today. There are also activities designed to help you build your speaking and writing skills. There's a quiz and much more. To get the study guide and transcript, you need to be a Culips member. So to learn all the details and to sign up, just visit our website, culips.com. We also want to give a shout out to one of our listeners from Myanmar, who is currently living in Sri Lanka. And that listener's username is Panandria. And Panandria wrote, This is one of the best English podcasts I've ever listened to. It's effortless to understand and has an amazing presentation for the listeners. I feel this is the right way for learning English and their culture at the same time. I listened every single day when I was walking to the bus stop, then on the bus, through the library, and when cooking too. I'm a Buddhist monk who is studying in Sri Lanka from Myanmar. I'm very happy with Culips. Thank you very much. So, amazing story there from Panindria, Cassie, and thank you so much for that amazing review and five star rating on Apple Podcasts as well. We really, really do appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Also, you have a very cool life. Yeah, sounds cool, right? I, I'm interested more in his life story. So maybe you could follow up with an email and tell us a little bit more about your story, Penindria, because it sounds really, really cool. 
But anyways, Cassie, maybe we'll save that conversation for a different day mm -hmm. because today we are going to focus on your recent trip to the USA, mm -hmm. summer vacation back home. You went with your husband, right? Mm-hmm. And where did you go? USA is a big country, many different cool cities and regions. Uh, I'm assuming that you went back to your hometown to see your family, but I don't actually know. <laughs> is that what you did? Um, I don't remember if I talked about this last year, but every year my family goes to the beach, the Outer Banks, which is in North Carolina. So we flew not to my hometown first, but down south to North Carolina, and we went to the beach for two weeks with my family. So now that you mention it, I do remember you telling us about this last year, Cassie. Yes. It's kind of funny when you say we flew down south to North Carolina. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there are two states called Carolina, and they are both in the southern part of the USA, right? There's mm -hmm. North Carolina and South Carolina. And since both of those states are in the south, even though it's got north in its name, it's still located geographically in the south. That's pretty confusing, huh? <laughs> it is, it's kind of confusing. But yeah, how was the beach? Did you guys have good weather? No hurricanes or anything? Yeah, the weather was gorgeous. And we had more family members this trip than any I can remember. Uh, there were over 40 of us total over those two weeks. Wow. Cassie, I've never been to North Carolina myself. I would love to visit one day. I hear that it's a cool place. What is the English like there? I imagine that there is maybe a regional accent, kind of a southern accent. What do speakers from North Carolina sound like? So you might find this surprising, but the Outer Banks is not really southern. It's a tourist destination. So most of the workers are seasonal workers. They come mm -hmm. from other parts of the U.S. or other countries even, and a lot of the tourists come from Pennsylvania, my home state, which is hilarious, but other parts of the country as well. So at the beach, you don't hear a lot of accent, like a strong accent. But if you go an hour up the road, it, it sounds pretty Southern, kind of like this. <laughs> they got this drawl. <laughs> they speak slower. I like mm. it. Yeah, we often use that, the southern drawl, right? That expression, and just means like a little bit slower style of speech. And yeah, I think in a lot of places, this tends to be true, that people in the countryside speak slower than people in the city, not just in English-speaking countries, but in other cultures around the world as well. Yeah, listeners might find this funny. When my sister was in high school, a boy from the South moved up to Pennsylvania. Uh, his family moved there and he, he joined our high school. And she said that even though he's American, he was born and raised in America, he had major culture shock because us Northerners talk so fast, he could not keep up with our conversations at first. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> 
Well, yeah, it just goes to show that North America is really mixed culturally, right? It's mixed in terms of being multicultural, like there are people from all over the world that live there. But especially in the States, I would say even more than in Canada, although we do have this in Canada as well to an extent, is that there are strong regional identities and regional cultures. And there is a significant cultural divide between the South in the USA and maybe the other parts of the USA. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's very interesting. But anyways, Cassie, we're not here to talk about cultural differences in the States. We're talking about your trip. Uh, Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell us about like a funny story or something interesting that happened to you while you were away on vacation? There were so many. Let's see. I guess one of the highlights of my trip, which listeners already know, I've talked about it a lot. I love board games. Mm -hmm. Um, It's one of my favorite hobbies, board games and reading. And uh, I got to do both of those things many times uh, on this trip. (laughs) Yeah, a long plane ride, right? It's a very good environment for reading. Exactly. As a side note, listeners, my plane ride from the U.S. to Korea a few days ago was 15 hours. Whoa, 15 hours? Yeah. Was that with transfers or just one way? No, no, no. There were multiple airplane rides. I think it was like almost 30 hours total. But one (laughs) plane ride from departure to landing was 15 hours in the air. I was dying. (laughs) That's a long, long trip. I'm actually going back to Canada in a few weeks, Cassie. But Mm -hmm. thankfully, I live on the very western part of Canada, close to Vancouver. I'll be flying into Vancouver. So from Seoul to Vancouver, I think it's only around nine and a half hours. So still bad, but nowhere near like 15 hours. I feel bad for you guys that have to go all the way to the east coast of the continent. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, I digress. So the reason I love board games so much is because my family is made up of women, on my mother's side, she's the oldest and she has three sisters. And every time her sisters, my aunts, married, you know, they brought up their husband into the family. Mm-hmm. And all of them were always so shocked by how serious we take our game playing. <laughs> it is next level. So you're very competitive? Super competitive. Um <laughs> And now that I'm the oldest cousin, because my mom is the oldest, and all mm-hmm. of my aunts, their children are growing up. I think the the next oldest, besides me and my sisters, is 16, and the youngest is five. So, you know, we're, we're uh, teaching the next generation of our family how to play <laughs> games and compete. It was wild. And are all your cousins, your younger cousins, are they competitive as well? They are. However, I have found that most of them aren't nearly as, what's the word, intuitive. Uh, Most of them are boys and not to diss boys, but they don't pick up things as quickly at that age. (laughs) 
I don't know what's going on in their head. Sports, cars, snakes, I don't know. But um, <laughs> they can't digest the rules unless you say it five or six times. So this whole trip, I'm like, pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> Cassie, uh, one of my students asked me a question this week. And I imagine that maybe some of our listeners are curious about this as well. And it's a perfect kind of situation to ask you this question because you are from a family. And also, it sounds like your mom is from a family where you have a total of three siblings, right? Mm -hmm. So like you, you are the eldest in your family, Cassie, and then mm -hmm. you have two younger sisters, correct? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you want to talk about your younger sisters, what do you refer to them as? Do you say like my first youngest sister and my second youngest sister? Or do you say my younger sister and my youngest sister? What kind of words can we use to talk about siblings when we have more than one that are younger than us or more than one that are older than us? Yeah, that's a good question. There really isn't a great way to express that in English. We often describe our siblings by where they live because we all live so far apart. So mm -hmm. I have my Oregon sister and my North Carolina sister. I have my Sweden aunt, my Portland aunt, and my Philadelphia aunt. So we all talk about each other using locations, but I don't think everybody does that. Yeah, I don't really do that. I call all my aunts and uncles by their first names. I usually use, for example, you know, my aunt Anne, my aunt Sue, something like that. And in terms of my family, my younger brother and younger sister are really easy to refer to because they're different genders. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I, I think if I were in the situation where I had two older brothers, for example, I would, yeah, maybe you could use oldest brother and older brother, but probably I'd just refer to them by name, right? I'd say, oh, mm -hmm. my brother, Paul, my brother, Jeff, and mm -hmm. oh, he's my oldest brother. He's the first in our family. We don't really have specific vocabulary to talk about that. Whereas I know in other languages, especially in Korean, Cassie, I'm sure you've come across that there are so many specific family <laughs> terms for each member of the family on each side. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> Thankfully, in English, guys, you don't have to worry about that. We don't have specific words like that in English. And yeah, you can thank us later because uh, Cassie and I know it's very difficult to learn all these specific <laughs> family words in Korean. <laughs> Cassie, we're getting off track, though. Again, let's get back on track to your vacation. And I'm sure you have more that you want to tell us. Yeah, I think there's only one more major thing that I wanted to talk about. After our two weeks at the beach, we uh, drove many cars up to Pennsylvania. It's about an eight-hour drive. And uh, we got back to my hometown. We hung out there for a couple of days. And then the Friday before we left, my husband and I had our U.S. wedding reception. Ooh, very nice. So you had n not like a wedding ceremony, but just the party part, the reception? Yeah, exactly. So I didn't wear a super fancy dress. It was like a blue polka dot dress. Um, mm -hmm. But we invited all of our friends and family and we rented out um, a space and we had a buffet and we had uh, a small music group and we had a video playing and music and a little bit of dancing. It was very <laughs> fun. <laughs> 
Nice. That sounds really fun. Where did you have the reception? Was it outdoors? It was indoors, but luckily for the people that got a little bit antsy, you know, they wanted to get some air. There was a basketball court outside. So some people, you know, went outside, shot a few hoops, came back in. (laughs) It was fun. (laughs) Wow, that's awesome. I'm glad that you had an opportunity to celebrate with some of your friends and family as well, because... Uh, as I know, getting married during the height of the pandemic it was really difficult for a lot of people to go to weddings and to celebrate with you at that time. So that's great that you were able to make up for that with a kind of personal party back home. Yeah, exactly. And again, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, our family lives all over the U.S. and the world. So this was probably the first and maybe last time that we're going to all be together like that, at least for a while. So Cassie, I have one final question here for you before we wrap up. And that is about food because Mm -hmm. I'm hungry right now. I'm maybe (laughs) thinking about food. So I would like to know, uh, what was the best meal that you had on your trip? The best meal. You know, my Korean friends laughed at me when I said this. And uh, (laughs) you're probably going to laugh at me too. I really didn't miss American food this trip. Um, I kind of (laughs) missed Korean food by the end of it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But I guess if I had to pick one... It would be pizza. Pizza. Can't go wrong with a classic. And nobody does it better than the Americans, except for maybe the Italians. Probably they do pizza best. And then after, I would say America is number two. That sounds good. Cassie, what style? I know there's like, you know, the Chicago deep dish pizza. There's New York thin slice pizza. There's Detroit style pizza. What style did you have? Uh, The the New York style, the thin slice. Mm, That's my favorite also. It was pretty good. Oh, and beer in a bottle. It's just not as good in a can, which is usually what you get here. That was pretty refreshing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Andrew, I'm sure we're going to talk about your trip when you get back. But Mm. just as a a preview here, what food are you most looking forward to trying this summer? Yeah, so it's really kind of interesting because this will be my first time visiting Canada with my wife. She's only been to Canada very briefly. She spent one day in Toronto during a stopover on a trip that she was making to Cuba, actually. Mm -hmm. And so she's never really explored Canada very much, and we've never visited together. So I feel a lot of pressure. Like, I want to show her Canada and introduce her to, like, the best of the best, right? I don't want to waste our time because we only have about 10 days for this trip too, not very much time. So I only want to eat the most delicious Canadian foods and really try and show her the best parts of the country. So I've been thinking about this and I have a list of foods that I want to introduce her to. Uh, But me personally, (laughs) the food that Mm -hmm. I miss uh, that I want to eat is actually, I think it's like Polish or Ukrainian food. Mm -hmm. But since My hometown has a lot of immigrants from this part of Eastern Europe. Mm -hmm. Um, It's easy to get this in my hometown. And it is a food called pierogi, which Ah, is just like a a dumpling that has potato and cheese inside. And 
Uh, sometimes you eat it with a sausage or with sauerkraut and sour cream and chives. And yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to eating pierogies. Uh, in my hometown, there's a restaurant. I'll give them a shout out. It's called Cecil's Pierogies. They do a good job. And yeah, I'm <laughs> excited to visit Cecil's this summer. Well, Andrew, you'll have to tell us how those pierogies turned out after your trip. I will do. So stay tuned for that, everyone. I'm, I'm sure our listeners will be dying to know <laughs> about the pierogies. <laughs> Well, everyone, that will bring us to the end of today's episode. So thank you so much for listening and great job on completing an English study session with us. And now it's your turn to add to the conversation. So we'd love to hear any stories that you have about how you've been spending the last few months here in July and August, which of course is summer in our neck of the woods. But I know in the southern part of the world, it is the winter. So anyways, guys, how have you been spending your July and August? Please leave a comment on culips.com or on our discussion form and let us know. Share those stories with us. And if you like this episode, please support us. Your support allows us to keep making English lessons for learners all over the world. And we can't do Culips without you. The best way to support us is by signing up and becoming a Qlips member. For all the details, just visit our website, qlips.com. You can also support us by following us on social media, telling your friends who are learning English to check us out, or by leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or really wherever you listen to Qlips. That's it for now, but we'll be back soon with another brand new episode, and we'll talk to you then. Goodbye. See ya.